Welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise in facilitating leadership learning. Passionate about leadership education? Want to expand your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. And welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Chair and Associate Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. And I am Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University. We are thrilled to start our summer season with a special episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Uh, so, you know, we release some of the episodes we want during the year, but in the summer, it's kind of this grab bag. So what are the things that we see that we want to talk about? What comes up um, that maybe we couldn't fit into our regular schedule or just didn't have time? Well, one of the things that we're going to talk about right now is the Leadership Education Academy. Uh, both Dan and I I have had um, great things to say about it. Dan has a story that he'll tell about the whole thing because he's definitely more involved. Um, But I kept dropping the Leadership Education Academy in episodes throughout both season five and six because I participated last year. And the, the thing I kept coming back to was LEA was something that filled a need that I didn't see anywhere else. So I'd had this conversation with a colleague and it was interesting because I, um, we were saying like, oh, we're, we're missing this, we're missing this. And I randomly said, I'm going to go to the Leadership Education Academy. And when I went, I just remember thinking, this is exactly what I was missing in my professional development. And so I became a big champion of it and thought it would be perfect to talk about it now since registration is ramping up. And so today we have Ryan and Carrie. Hello, y'all. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Hello. Good to be here. Yeah, Carrie, I should say welcome back. And Ryan was a longtime listener, first time attendee. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair to say. Yeah. Right. Well, we thought it would be great to have y'all as the the planner, the chairs for this year. You're going to tell us a little about the planning process and just kind of how people can get involved. Um, that that's kind of the plan for us. Dan, what do you think? I think that sounds awesome. I love that we're calling this uh, our, our first summer episode because it's it uh, in Florida where I uh, originally am from. It was summer like ten months out of the year, and then we had two dry <laughs> months that we sometimes referred to as winter. In Maine here, the summer turns to spring, turns to fall, et cetera. Um, And so uh, if we don't go by the solstice, here we are. It is a summer episode for those below the Mason-Dixon line. And we're super excited to to chat about Leadership Education Academy for for 2022. Um, And as you kind of alluded to, my involvement, you know, Corey C. Miller and I uh, kind of founded this uh, idea, jotted notes down. I want to say it was on a well, I would love to say it was on like a bar napkin, but it was actually on like a yellow, like legal pad. And we still have that crumbled up somewhere um, that we referred to every once in a while back in uh, in 2012 at, at the uh, the infamous lore in the uh, Ohio State Leadership Educators Institute that was there that year that there seems to be so many network analyses like strands from folks that participated there. And that's not just the only event. There's so many things that, that occurred in, um, in some of those spaces and times and that. Uh, uh, it, it has been just a, a an amazing journey since then, and and Carrie and Ryan were part of the original folks that we reached out to to get the idea moving. And uh, Carrie and Ryan were both uh, two of the original facilitators and our original team of ten, our dream team there. And um, it was it's just been such a fun ride 
Um, since then, it's had its ups and downs, uh, not because of any of the facilitators, but because of the pandemic <laughs> and uh, deciding, do we do this every other year? Do we do this every year? Do we do we involve ILA as a sponsor? You know, what what do these things look like? And, and glad that we did uh, land with with ILA as, as our kind of coordinating professional association. And they've been fantastic with us um, since then. And uh, as far as too with Carrie and Ryan, why did, why did Carrie, uh, Corey and I reach out to them all those years ago? Well, you got to go back to our see our, our June fifteenth, twenty twenty episode. You can hear how Carrie and I met, and uh, and as I was mentioning right before we jumped on uh, off the line here, uh, Carrie corrected me and made sure that I knew exactly where we met and when. And uh, and Corey shares some of that too in her episode, which was on March 29th of twenty twenty one. If you want to go back and take a listen to those episodes, we'll certainly put links to those episodes in the show notes. And so I am trying to recall where did Ryan Cyrus White and I first meet. I. I have, it must have been an ILA. I know that we both were, we're both former chairs of the leadership education member interest group. Now, what do they call them now? Member communities, 2012, maybe I was at, I was at ILA 2010 in Boston. I missed 2011 in London because I couldn't get funding, but 2012 in Colorado, right? Denver. That- I think it, I think it may have been the 2010. Yeah, because I was I was right. definitely there. It's been a long time, uh, and I know I followed you as as chair in the the member community there. Yeah, and we we had a lot of fun working together. I um, it was great to have a, a partner in crime, and we had some good folks before us, Matt Salchik and and Rob McManus to to kind of get us going. But they really turned the reins over to us, and and we certainly had a a lot of uh, a lot of work to do for for many years there. And uh, but it's been great to. To work with both of you all for gosh a dozen dozen years, some of the definitely first people I met in the field, and um, it just kind of speaks to the the kind of community that we have in this field that we're able to do these great things together um, and develop places and spaces and developmental opportunities for aspiring leadership educators or folks that just want to come back and freshen up on some of their skills, which I know has been some of the themes we've seen with folks that that attend LEA. So real quick though, so is there anything that so Carrie's been on before, and Ryan, Ryan, it's your first time. Is there anything that you you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience that is not in your bio, like something that wouldn't be on your LinkedIn page or on your bio page from your university? Right? Do you want to go first, and then Carrie, and you're at just remind remind our listeners where where you're at right now. Bit of an intro, sure. Uh, Ryan Satterwhite, I serve as director of the Office of Service Learning and Leadership at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Also. Uh, teaching faculty member for uh, Claremont Lincoln's uh, graduate programs. Um, something that is not in my bio, I think the, the very first thing that comes to mind, I was telling Carrie about this earlier this morning in a meeting we had actually, uh, this weekend is my daughter's dance recital weekend. So uh, I guess sharing a little bit about my, my family and kids, I've got uh, two, two young ones who are growing way too quick. Um, and they're obviously a huge, huge part of my life. May not show up in, in my CV naturally, so I can offer that up. <laughs> Super. And Carrie? I'm uh, Dan, I'm still here at Kansas State University. I work in the Staley School of Leadership Studies and have been a faculty member here for 10 years in our um, undergraduate program. Uh, recently have taken on a role as director of our doctoral program, which is actually an interdisciplinary program in leadership communication. And so a lot of my role now is working with uh, doctoral students, teaching and, and advising. And that's been a real learning curve for me and really exciting um, 
to help to ex, uh, expand our own program, but also uh, learning more uh, about graduate programs in leadership as a whole and, and, and thinking about that in at a different at a different level. Oh, Something that you might not know about me. Well, I might have talked about this last time, but I'm an amateur, amateur musician. So I really enjoy um, playing guitar and I have a piano in my house, um, but I've only taken, I took uh, lessons for one year as an adult, but I like having it there um, and uh, enjoy singing. I think maybe last time we talked about like my joy in life is being a backup singer. So, um, or I still have aspirations for that. So uh, I'll just bring that back out as I'm still looking for, you know, that opportunity. Let me know if you're interested. You know, how wonderful. We talked to Stephen Brookfield earlier this year and he's got a band. So it's very much, you know, if he's still listening to episodes, you know, I'm glad you you shared okay. because Stephen, I'm here. <laughs> I, we can talk leadership. We can talk higher education. We can perform. I'm going to let him know. Thank you for sharing that background. And now we have to talk leadership and communication at another point in time, because like my courses are in the school of communication. So uh, it's, it's a very different and interesting perspective, um, but it's great to hear about, you know, the changes that are happening. Um, so Dan talked about how he's been involved with the program. How did you two get involved? Meaning when did you first attend LEA? When did you get on the committee? And then kind of, when did you get, uh, how did you get to your roles as, as coach? chairs? Gosh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I can't remember who who reached out because I knew both Dan and Corey at the time. Um, but one of them uh, reached out to me and and probably talked about this fateful meeting at the Ohio State University um, and the vision for the program that they were trying to pull together. So I, I was I was involved pretty early um, in the process, as was Carrie, uh, in helping to um, kind of design and implement the, the first LEA, which was uh, quite a long process. I think we had a, what, like two, two and a half years of, of work together as a, as a committee before we actually delivered something for the first time, if I recall, Dan. Yeah, that definitely sounds about right. We, we always have two and, a, two and a half years of planning for two and a half days of programming. Um, and then uh, one of the big pieces of feedback after that that day, those two and a half days in Orlando in 2015 was, you need another day because <laughs> those were marathons. Every single day was a marathon uh, and the last day was was shortened, but still, I think we were getting going at like 7.38 in the morning and going to like 6, 6.30 at night uh, with pretty limited breaks. Uh, we were on a skeleton crew back then and, and it was so successful uh, thanks to our amazing team of facilitators. And uh, we were definitely uh, lucked out with much more, much better resources and support in 2017 and beyond from, from ILA uh, to, to be able to put together a, a much more, uh, a much more frill filled uh, experience uh, with the core curriculum still intact and with a little more time to engage for, for everybody that participated. But Carrie will set us straight, right, Carrie? Yeah. Well, well, um, yeah, I'm trying to think about that that pathway into, into working in the program. And again, it goes back to Dan, you and I are our relationship. We began uh, our tenure track roles around the same time and we're connected through conferences. And I remember reaching out to Dan asking if he'd like to collaborate for a conference proposal or something. And he was like, well, I'm already working with so-and-so, but 
there's this other thing which you'd be interested in getting connected on you probably don't remember that dan but um but and i was like okay okay you know i was new in the field looking to get connected had um you know some interest and ideas and so thank you dan for inviting me into the process i think you know having being open to inviting people into these types of things is is so critical to advancing that networking community and uh so uh, we were doing we were doing just phone conference calls back then yeah i was thinking about that the other day we would just get on i was just on a phone conference call we weren't even using zoom back in those days we it was so strange to use a video conference but we would have regular conference calls and yeah worked for a long time that's how i met corey and many other and ryan many other educators that's led to continued involvement in LEA as well as other collaborations uh, over academically and, and friendships over time. So I was involved for two, the first two. I took a break for one session um, as I was working on some uh, uh, advancing some programs in my own at my own university and then had the opportunity to reapply and reconnect. Um, as we moved into the 2020, 2021, <laughs> right into, as we moved into the pandemic and then um, was able to uh, take on this particular role of a co-chair with Ryan this, this year. Well, okay, I'm so glad that you gave me another chance uh, for whatever that was a dozen years ago that I respectfully declined, but uh, we did end up writing a book together a few, you know, a few years ago. So it seemed to have worked out okay. And we had a lot of fun with that New Directions uh, for student leadership issue. And it's it's just great that we still have uh, folks that were part of the original planning group. It's it's you, me, Ryan, and Corey that uh, were kind of the four, four of the original folks. And we've grown with those changes. And I think we've learned a lot and this experience continues to evolve. What, um, I'd be curious. So Corey and I took over the reins and because it was our idea, I guess, at the beginning. And then we knew that that wasn't sustainable, nor was a good practice to keep the two founders, you know, at the helm for forever. Ryan, I know, stepped up a few years ago when we were kind of going to do like a, what was our like um, successor type of thing? It was going to be kind of like a a chair in waiting or like a kind of have you on and be part of the planning committee. And then COVID happened and uh, we were so I think we even had, we had registration open for LEA 2020, didn't we? I think we had probably 20 or 30 people registered by like March or April of 2020. And then of course we ended up postponing it one full year to summer of 2021, which, which ended up being the right, definitely the right decision. And maybe perhaps gave Ryan a little extra time to, to be part of really involved in, in the planning. And, uh, but what, what, uh, what gave you that that spark, Ryan and, and Carrie, to take on the leadership role? So grateful, Corey and I. So grateful that you've done that. You've done a fantastic job with the team uh, this year, and can't wait to to be in Silver Spring and and August. But uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not sure why, uh, or I'll, I'll come around to my answer for that. But but there's one part of the process that I vividly remember still, which was the interviews that you and Corey did for the prospective co-chair that were that was coming in as as you were um, going through that selection process. And I and I remember having a conversation with the two of you about um, you know what what it might look like for it to have the very first kind of change in transition of leadership for for this initiative um and how you know it was my 
tent not to show up uh, as trying to replace a Dan or a Corey, which is impossible, but um, what it would look like to show up as Ryan in kind of the co-chair role and, and what I felt I could I could bring into it. So, you know, it's I'm 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 really thankful for the opportunity to to have done that, especially after having uh, served, you know, in multiple cycles as a facilitator and contributing to it. Um, I certainly had a sense of some of the directions I I I, I thought it could benefit and and go in. Um, and uh, and this so the 2021 was kind of a transition year, right, with Dan and Dan and I in the co-chair role as Corey had had rolled off. And then this is the really the first big year of kind of a full leadership transition with Carrie and I um, uh, steering things here. Um, and of course, Corey and Dan um, staying on as as facilitators and helping us out. But I was so thrilled to have Carrie come on board um, as as co-chair here, and I think we we complement each other a lot, as well as share some um, some of the vision for the directions that we wanted to go. Carrie? Yeah, I uh, echo Ryan's sentiment that it's wonderful to work together uh, as the co-chairs. And this conversation is kind of interesting, isn't it? That academia and these types of spaces have these structures, right? And these ways that we do things in these different roles. Um, for me, my interest was continuing to be involved and to, and to figure out the best way to do that. And my interest in being co-chair came one from, I had some experience uh, as, a, as a past facilitator, but I also recognized that we are in this time of transition uh, as we are moving, we, we moved to virtual, now we're moving back to in-person and the world has changed a lot. The world has changed a lot in the last 10 years since we started this. Higher education has changed, organizations have changed. The issues and the challenges may not be that different, but they're nuanced in different ways, right? Like this attention to um, social justice, to critical perspectives, to complexity, uh, to navigating you know, uncertainty, that context I felt very real in my work and I was interested in asking the questions to help our team think about how do we design a program that can hold space and help build capacity for those types of, for that new context, right? So, the, and, and it doesn't look that different, right? I think than where we've been, but, but as a team, we've been asking ourselves really critical questions about what do we need to shift as we invite people into this community and into this learning opportunity that's going to help them navigate that transition too. So uh, those are things that I guess were, are on my mind too. And if I can help others uh, uh, in that space, that's uh, a role that I like to take on. That's incredibly, Awesome to hear. And somebody who came from the participant side, you could definitely see it in the work that was done. There was enough structure where you felt like you were being guided. And, but on the flip side, you, there was a lot of autonomy and you, whether you were a professor or whether you were someone who um, was in 
practice, like in student affairs, or even if you were in leadership training and development, you could take what was presented and really mold it to, to be beneficial. And, and I, I feel like that's the value in that a lot of us have, you know, are, well, I lie about being 25, but I'm about 15 years out maybe even longer of my grad program. And these are the kind of programs that help keep you fresh, make you a better educator or programmer because you're you're taking what we already know and putting it in the now, like what's changed. And so it was incredibly beneficial in that way, um, as well as you put together a nice group of people. Like, I don't know who's on group, who puts together the groups, but it was wonderful. Like I had, uh, Dan and I have, there's a person, Ron, who follows us on Twitter. He loves us. He's like, for years, he was promoting us and he and I ended up in the same group. And it was wonderful. Cause I'm like, you know, I know you on the internet, but I do not know you in person. And it was wonderful to get to know uh, Ron in person. And so there's so many benefits just kind of beyond that surface level. And it, it was a wonderful experience to go through that. Um, and, and so what you're saying, Carrie, like the intentions you had, the critical questions, uh, the evolution of, of higher education, and even more broadly, leadership education and development definitely came through. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what people can expect this year? So it used to be in person, then it went online. What, what if I'm a participant registering, if I'm interested in, in attending, what can I expect? So LEA was, I think it's fair to say the original conception was uh, the idea of creating a space where folks who are relatively new to leadership education um, could learn about the state of the field, the history of the field, current pedagogies and practices. Um, and that's still kind of at the heart of it. But what we've found over time is that a much broader array of folks and a much more uh, experienced array of folks are actively seeking out um the the lea uh, structure and experience and and that's been been wonderful to see and so we've we've kind of evolved the curriculum a little bit over time it's always been highly interactive um we've we've long kind of asked participants to come in with a particular project um that they that they want to identify and, and work on so it's a very applied experience um and it's also not uh sage on the stage right the the facilitator team works really hard on the curriculum and there's a lot of revision and evolution that happens every single cycle to it um so it's not kind of a plug and play curriculum um but the intent is to really model um a wide array of pedagogies and, and instructional practices um, and facilitation um, styles and to create a lot of space for participants to add as much as they can, either in a small group setting or or in the whole group space as well. Yeah, I think Ryan captures like the spirit of the event. I can share maybe a bit more logistical how the event will flow. So on the first day, as folks come in, we will begin right away by doing some self-work and thinking about ourselves as educators, our own journeys, and, um, and setting the stage to explore foundational knowledge and content, uh, the teaching and learning practices, and uh, application of these things to the 
leadership education challenges that we're facing. So that first day, we'll focus a lot on content, um, or, and that sounds kind of boring, but we're going to talk about families and theories, and we're going to look at um, kind of theory and content through a critical lens and do some uh, energizing roundtable work where people can choose their own adventure to explore particular topics that they're interested in. And then as we move into the second day, we'll continue to think about our own philosophies of leadership education. Uh, we'll ex explore additional models and move into course and program design. And Dan and, and the facilitator team have done a really great job putting together a, a, a systematic approach to thinking through revisions or designing a, a course or a program in, in whatever context that you're in. And so, like Ryan said, bringing in that kind of that challenge or that, that um, goal that you have and working through uh, learning about more about how to do that and working through that. Uh, then we'll move into instructional strategies as we uh, uh, as we continue through the program and ex exploring and experiencing a lot of different strategies. And then the final piece of the program is peer coaching. And this is actually something we learned a lot from in our virtual experience. We have developed a model of peer coaching that is really powerful, allows people to bring their whole selves and share ideas with one another. And so we're excited to implement that peer coaching process as well as offer some one-on-one -on -one coaching beyond the program as well for folks. You know, it's so interesting you shared those things because, so first the instructional activity section was incredibly helpful in that, uh, you know, I've been teaching some of the same classes for years and just to hear new ideas about activities and, and get the opportunity to talk through them in my group and with the people that I met was incredibly helpful. Um, I took one strategy and implemented it two weeks later. My semester started and implemented it right away. And it was one of the things that my students commented on they, they enjoyed the most. Um, I was also able to share some things. So we were going through the pandemic and two things always come up in my teaching evals. One, my students feel like I care about them as people. And two, they feel like I've created an inclusive classroom. And I was able to share, I start with asking my students at the beginning, how are they? And they all just in some fashion come back to like, it felt like I was seen as a, a person and it was a simple trick that I'd been using. And I got some feedback that somebody else tried it and it was incredibly helpful. So just the exchange of like new activities was really helpful. And then the coaching exercise, I, I was uncomfortable with it first because it's very different, but I went through it and was like, oh, okay, I can see how this is really helpful. And I, I don't know if I shared that specifically in the eval, but it was, but it, it also helped me just be a better teacher because when students are uncomfortable with a concept, I'm like, nope, I can relate. Let me tell you about this, you know, this, this training I went through and, you know, had very similar feelings. So you know, beyond just curriculum, there are just so many things that just make you a better um, person for whether you're teaching or like Ryan, you said, there's so many people that come from different spaces, whether you're teaching, planning programs, training, whatever your background is. So I, I thought, you know, the intentionality, the design, I could definitely see as a participant. So Carrie, thank you so much. For, and Ryan, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, one of the things I love so much about it um, is that our uh, attendees, our participants tend to be as diverse as 
ILA is itself. And so we'll have, um, and one of the kind of structures that we didn't talk about uh, is that there's, um, there are affinity groups. So we ask for some information about kind of your current contexts and, and experience with leadership education um, and, you know, the sectors that you're in, et cetera, as, as folks register. And, and we work really hard to create um, some kind of intentionally designed small groups that you stay in throughout the four days. Um, but we never quite know what, what that landscape is going to look like. We've had university presidents attend. We've had, um, you know, a lot of corporate consulting we have. So it's, it's not just the um, kind of the, the, the mainstream, you know, higher ed uh, faculty members or student affairs, um, although they, that, those groups are both well represented every year. Um, so the diversity is, is excellent. And uh, when we're able to, you know, create a lot of opportunities for folks to share and not just be receiving information, that's where the richness comes out. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that, Ryan. I think that, that's something that participants have uh, spoke about in the evals and uh, at, at the uh, craft brewery after after sessions in the evening and and what have you is just how much they appreciated not only the the feedback and resources they got from the other uh, from the ten facilitators because you know they're um, you know as Lauren said how do you pick those folks I mean there some years we've had over a hundred applicants for four positions, five positions. I mean, it, it's just in, it, incredible the, the response that, that we get. And it's it's an incredible pool. And and having done that in the past, if I can say, like, I think we did great with the folks we've had in the past and and, and our first group uh, included, the, the Corey and I uh, kind of curated, including, you know, Carrie and, and Ryan. And, and I will say for sure, Carrie and Ryan, y'all did an absolutely over the moon job selecting the four new folks to join us this year, because we always have a little bit of attrition. Not everybody can can do this every year. Carrie took a sabbatical herself and came back and enjoyed us after um, oh, not not uh, being a part of the 2019 team. And so I, I love too, so not only the facilitators, but all of the other participants that are at the table. So I say table. So one of the uh, key parts about LEA, if, if you don't mind me sharing, Ryan and Carrie, um, one of the things that we loved as we were designing this back in the day was, you know, we we had the experience and so much of this was built on the experiences we had had as new uh, and, and kind of emerging leadership educators in the field where we'd go to a conference and we would meet somebody or we would be the one that would be like, hey, my fill in the blank, provost, dean, whatever, ask me to start a leadership program. Any ideas? You know, what does that look like? And so there's that group. And then there's the, another group that a lot of folks fell into, which was, hi, I'm the only one at fill in the blank institution who does what I do or who does leadership or teaches leadership. So how great would it be if outside of, you know, an annual conference, folks had an opportunity to sit and engage with people that had similar roles that they have? So we intentionally group folks with other student affairs professionals, um, other faculty, other folks in corporate coaching, training, development, you know, what have you. And also usually two by, are they working in graduate programs? Or are they in, uh, have they been doing it for just a few years? Or are they, you know, veterans or much more experienced folks? And a lot of, a lot of intentionality, a lot of planning goes into that. And you don't just as a participant only interact with those folks. You have plenty of opportunities to interact with others, but you do spend the most time with those folks and you're paired with a facilitator that has extensive experience um, in that area. And just, I mean, 
the, the, again, the feedback, the resources you get, because when you're working on that course or that program or whatever that you've been asked to, to bring to LEA, we wanted it to be very applied, very intentional, very practical, so that if you're working on a new course or you're redesigning a course for the semester coming up or, or whatever your context is, you have that, you're actively working on something, you're reevaluating, is this the right content? Is this the right instructional strategy? Is this the right assessment strategy? Is there a different way I might sequence this? And getting ideas and resources and things from everybody that's that's there. Um, that was always a lovely part of it, for sure. And to see folks during uh, planning time or downtime, we always had like work time built in and they would kind of spread out on the floor in the ballroom and work on things with their laptop and they got their syllabus, you know, spread out and the whole thing and, or they're on their laptops or iPads or, or what have you. It was just always a, a fun sight to see. The other thing, so I'm curious, um, I know that when Corey and I were co-chairing, probably the thing that kept us up at night um, was just the, the systemic level, like integration of the curriculum and the agenda planning and coordination. What's that experience been like for y'all? <laughs> if I can put you on the spot. Yeah, well, I think many, many of your listeners as well, or anyone who's in a leadership educator role or uh recognizes that there's often a lot of event planning and project management involved. And uh, as you might imagine, the scope of a project like this, even just having 10 facilitators across multiple time zones and trying to coordinate meetings, it is, it's challenging. Uh, that's why I'm really thankful to have Ryan as a, as, a, as a partner and as a coach in this process. And we have great models and great resources that we're able to draw from as a foundation. We have really innovative team who are hardworking and willing to uh, engage and, and bring, bring their best to the process. Um, so that definitely helps. And it's teaching me a lot about leadership. I mean, it, it reminds me of the, the tasks and the relationships that are involved in leadership and, and I keep growing. Hopefully, hopefully keep growing. <laughs> Carrie helps me keep growing, that's for sure. Um, you know, just talking about kind of the breadth and complexity of pulling something like this together, just as a, as a peek behind the curtain, um, the, the curriculum that's developed every year for this always ends up in the neighborhood of like 200, 220 pages of, of a Word doc when it's all assembled and ready to go um, uh, from kind of the facilitator end. And so that, that just gives you a sense of kind of the, the depth of planning that's involved in this. You know, every single um, learning outcome is identified and we have probably hundreds of references um, in assembling all of this. And we, we try and boil that down a little bit, um, but still one of the benefits of attending is that participants um, come away with a, a really rich resource um, book. So there's a, a in, in our in-person um, LEAs, which this year will be again, uh, we, we print and produce uh, a pretty in-depth um, resource packet for, for every participant, which is um, one of the benefits of attending because it's not something that, that you can find anywhere else. It's not you know available for sale online or anything like that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ryan. Um, so we've asked you a ton of questions already. Um, is there anything else that you wanna share to encourage people to attend this? And perhaps if they've attended in prior years, you know, consider joining the planning committee? Well, every, every year looks a little bit different in terms of what the timeline and recruitment 
uh, process looks like as we're looking for new facilitators um, and contributors to the process. I'm going to be cycling off my my co-chair role at the end of uh, 2022 here, and so it'll be up to to Carrie and whomever's next uh, in partnership to determine what that what that process and timeline is is going to look like. But we absolutely welcome. Um, you know, especially people who have uh, completed LEA as a participant before and have that uh, direct experience in the program. Um, and we've we've seen a lot of folks reach out to us uh, in years following their attendance that that want to get involved. And that's a hard thing because, as Dan said, you know, in some years we've had quite literally more than 100 uh, applicants for the facilitator uh, role and and we'd love to take everyone because we know how rich that would be and how much everyone would add to it but but that's a you know practical impossibility and so it's, it's a tough task to be in that position to kind of select and assemble the team every year um, but also I want to say that we we do have some some long time repeat attendees and and folks have uh, have found value and utility in that. Uh, which has been great feedback for us because it honestly wasn't necessarily designed in that way um, but nonetheless uh, some folks have have attended two or three times i think uh, which is it's great to to kind of build that long-term community as a part of this process too all i heard was i can come back again however many times i want <laughs> all i got out Please. of that ryan <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a goal and a challenge that we have is how to stay connected, right? We know we have the resources through ILA, through the um, intersections is one space where we can kind of stay connected with one another. But I think that's an important thing to consider as we as we continue to move forward in this kind of in our global digital environment. How can we how do we keep those um, connections that we've made and continue to provide opportunities and uh, share resources, whether or not we're part of the conference, but but really thinking about as part of that community. Perfect. We're just so grateful for, for the time that you all spent with us. And uh, while I have, uh, I'm extremely biased, um, I absolutely love this, this program and, and so grateful that the idea that we conjured up at what a Leadership Educators Institute conference uh, 10 years ago was able to Get us to where we are today and that ryan and carrie and, and our the rest of that group that year was receptive to what must have been a pretty wacky email that we sent out. i think i do have a copy of that somewhere that it's like come join us you know like um and we strategically was like corey's like i think i'll reach out to ryan i think i reached out to carrie or Corey, carrie was very sure that i did um and that uh you know we wanted to make sure that we not only had folks that we that we wanted to work with and, and loved and, res and respected but folks that we knew were you know visionary in the field and were able to make amazing contributions of it and have continued to um in their own right um, outside of of lea um and just just as a as a reminder so the so leadership education academy so it's um august 8th through 11th it's in silver spring maryland which is quick quick metro ride from DCA airport, uh, Reagan National there, super easy to get to. Um, I don't know if it's the red line or what line it is. I think it might be to, to, uh, to Silver Spring. But in any case, um, it is limited to the first 80 people that register. That's to ensure quality mentoring and networking. So, you know, if you're thinking about this, 
you know, please don't wait. Register as, as early as, as you can and, and bring some other folks from your institution if you want. We've had little cohorts uh, that have participated in the past. And as, uh, as Ryan and Carrie were saying, it is as diverse as, as ILA. We've had, even with only 80 participants, we've had folks from a dozen countries at, at any particular LEA that we've had in the past. It really is just a great opportunity to meet folks that are passionate about leadership education like you are from all around the globe. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. I look forward to hearing from you and others about their uh, LEA experience after the fact. And those interested in registering should go to ilaglobalnetwork.org forward slash leadership dash education dash academy. So uh, Ryan and Carrie, again, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Remember, you can download all our episodes on all available podcast platforms. And when you go, please make sure you rate us five stars, as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. That's right, Lauren. We also invite you to interact with us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod. That's L E A D E D U C A T O R P O D. And on LinkedIn by searching for the Leadership Educator Podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn by name and on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Underscore Leadership and Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss Laura J-B. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And a wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies now at the University of South Carolina. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our listeners. During the season, you will hear episodes featuring International Leadership Association members working globally to drive leadership education. Visit ilaglobalnetwork.org slash podcast for more information and to join the association. And finally, this podcast would not be possible without our chief partner, the Association of Leadership Educators. Please check out the ALE and all it has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you will listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts.